This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thank you for your patience, and thank you for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast with Cat Bus Russ. This is your host, Cat Bus Russ. It's about 10 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And I'm still finishing up this episode on a Tuesday. Usually I have it all finished up late Monday night. Circumstances, you know, two jobs, what can I say? I've had a lot of things moving about, and this was originally supposed to be a podcast just dedicated to at least three more features from Ali's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. Came into my morning job and remembered a certain movie was just released today on physical media, and it was a pain-in-the-butt finding to rent. Obviously, I bought the Steelbook just because little confidence, but was hedging my bets. You know, screw this Redbox stuff. We need video stores again. I'm just going to leave it like that. Actually, I was always taught, thinking about trying to start one with a bar in it, but I digress. The film we're going to talk about is Sisu from Finland. It's a... Another feature from the director and actor responsible for Rare Exports, the Finnish Christmas horror story. After seeing all those connections, besides for, you know, YouTube having to censor the trailer, it seemed like a lot of fun. So we'll get into that and go from there. Little Hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. We might have a problem. He's a one-man death squad. Do you really believe that he's immortal? No, he just refuses to die. And it was a pain in the ass trying to find a trailer that I could put on a PG-13 podcast. Like, I thought I could get a hold of what YouTube was always claiming. Oh, Sisu, the trailer's so intense, it can't be shown here. Click here. And, which is always weird when you're watching it on a apple tv you just don't get the click places what can i say i digress again so yes um this was a movie that you know if i had the time i would have probably gone and checked out in the theater but let's see right after uh john wick chapter four was the next movie i saw i sure i saw something else because it was oh it was renfield so this is about the same time period could i've probably seen sisu Probably. They probably opened the same week. So, you know, Yankee preferences, I suppose. Let's go with the uh, Nicolas Cage. And, you know, the menu was fun with Nick Holt. So that, you know, made sense to me. But again, uh, I digress. This, I think, is probably going to be the more successful of the two movies. It's funny to see the dialogue about all the low-budget horror movies making fun of Renfield for going so over the top, you know, $50 million budget, what have you. But, you know, it's... very Well, Evil Dead Rise, obviously, is going to be a cheap movie. That's just because of how it's designed. So, okay, they've made a lot of miscalculations with Renfield now that I say it all. But it's still a fun movie. Could have been better, no question about that. But definitely more interesting than your freaking Pope's Exorcist. Like... I don't know. Russell Crowe is somebody... I don't need a badass exorcist. I want somebody with the fear of God and the fear of, you know, demons. But 
uh with that said i've never actually watched the exorcist so uh but you know i'm as i said i'm looking for guests for next week's episode that would be july 18th um again i'm available on sunday all day you can send again an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com or you can message me or just yeah just message me i'm sure i'll just do something on twitter at catbusrus and i'll find you and also mastodon social i am still pushing the hell out of that uh my name there is russ steven at russ stevens at mastodon.social and i think you like it's getting better don't go to this thread stuff with the meta bullshit i'm just yeah i've always been anti mark zuckerberg i had enough jealousy of tom from myspace i don't need you know a guy now pitching republicans and vr or is it v- yeah it's vr like i'm all about that apple stuff though the ar just uh honestly i think what if it was a 1500 dollar price point maybe eh, no no i'm sorry it's three thirty five hundred no oh jeez so yeah i've been busy let's just uh put it that you know i just came back from england and yeah i do work 52 hour weeks and i get that's probably why it's so difficult to get guests for the show and i know i get a lot of leeway and stuff don't beat myself too hard enjoy more AEW fight forever but you know let me get onto the movie because that's what i'll fill the blog post with obviously so uh sisu uh from 20 you know made it to toronto international film fest 2022 there's probably some edits to get its r rating shouldn't be too much though it's um i mean yes there's plenty of blood and gore but it's all war related so nothing worse than uh what you would see in saving private ryan just far more creative like uh hurling landmines that's clever and i know i sent a tweet when i'm discussing you know doing the promising all my uh listeners the scores perhaps of them uh with that said get off the 90 for chill dot com the podcast feed come to the 90 for chill the podcast with cat bus russ feed uh, I don't know what's going to happen when I cut my cut away from Podbean. Besides getting a lot of ads, like I've been getting from HostGator on YouTube. Like, yeah, okay, you can follow my user history, but come on, you can't be so in. What is the term? You know, you can't be so so. You know, pick up on the fact that HostGator is. I'm going to write up to the Better Business Bureau. I mean, worst customer service and freaking Popeyes. At least, you know, Popeyes gave me a solution. I just hated that solution. No, so, um, yeah, subtlety intrusive. That's the word I was looking for. Come on, YouTube. I mean, ah, jeez. I'm in Central Illinois, so I get Republican ads. I'm a web, I have websites, so I get HostGator ads. Like, it's just such bullshit. Oh, you know, it, I'm back with GoDaddy. That's how we have 90 for Chill, the podcast. I mean, 90forchill.com back up. And it's kind of like, we should have known. Like, when Apple came up with the uh, Macintosh, that should have been the PC for people at home. Yeah, pricey. 80s. I mean, really? Like, um, 
And, you know, when I've gone to smartphones, iPhone is better than Android. Learned that, should have always learned that, should not have spent my time with uh, the Samsung. Again, if somebody, like, if somebody invents something, that's the people to trust, I suppose. And GoDaddy was the first real big domain promoter, so. Okay, so, yes, get on to the movie, Russ. The AC is off. It is going to get warmer. And let me uh, just get some notes pulled up. Not really notes, just the INDP page. So Sisu was directed by Jamari Helander of uh, Rare Exports fame. Uh, I did that episode with uh, Real 7 Cs uh, from the No on 15 podcast. I really got to hassle them more because, oh, geez, I know they're doing a Lionheart podcast soon. It's like, I should be there. Uh, and um, also, uh, it stars the main star. I, well, the main star of of uh, most of Hollander's movies is has been Ani Tamila. Um, but he's always accompanied in these films by his father and the father in Rare Exports. That's uh, Jorma Tamila. And... Basically, what we have is a prospector who finds gold during the German retreat from Finland. Basically, the Finns and the Soviets have said, okay, let's just get rid of the Nazi threat. You force them out of there, and all is peaceful. And you can sense in rare exports, not so much, and gosh now sharing a border with those commie well those russians because i'm not going to blame communism putin's not a communist the czars weren't communists just don't trust the russians i suppose and i'm not going to take that one back oh and too bad i don't have a disclaimer though on this one uh context warning what have you um so he is a prospector as i say just going searching for something as the retreat's occurring and he just finds gold so him and his i don't know if it's a one-eyed dog but that that uh it's just weird because i've been um watching uh hawkeye i thought it was a great series i don't mind the marvel ser- television series i haven't found one i that i didn't like um but you have lucky i think or is it pizza I don't know what the dog's name that Kate Bishop had, but I know it was a Cyclops. So him and his dog and then their horse are trying to get to the closest bank, which is, you know, 543 miles away from them to change this gold over to bills. And of course he crosses the Nazis who are retreating. And when some arrogant Nazis decide to push the old man around, uh, and discover his gold with nothing to lose. Our um, hero just wipes out a small unit, and but with the discovery of gold, a and knowledge that there's nothing but tragedy when with World War II soon to conclude, a SS death straw uh, death squad. Uh, leader decides he's going to catch the get that gold and kill uh, 
our protagonists. Little does he know, though, that the Germans don't want to deal with this this prospector. The Russians are deadly afraid of this man. He lost his family in the war with the Russians, and you know, once uh, the alliance with the Nazis was off, he just disappeared. And but before that, he was pretty much a berserker, and he could take out you know three hundred Russians, uh, Soviets. So. It's just arrogance now that the gener- the leader of this squadron wants to take on this living legend who eventually gets it's not until close to the third till the third act really kicks off do we find the give a good explanation of who he is a man who sisus as they say a Finnish word that has no actual translation but really only occurs when somebody has nothing left to live for, but is going to refuse to die. So that's our story. Um, So obviously being a prospector, he doesn't have guns right away. So uh, again, on my Twitter feed, I think I said this movie trailers promise more pickaxe. I'm sorry, pitchfork kills than rare exports. There weren't any pitchfork kills that I remember in Rare Exports, so I screwed up there. I meant to say pickaxe. So, yes, he's got his pickaxe, and he starts from there, and it's a lot of Rambo-type stuff eventually. I mean, I know I put on the image for this episode, John Wick WW2, but... And I would say the action is kind of like that. Actually, it'd probably be closer than nobody, because... We have a man in his 60s doing all this, and I doubt he's gone through the same kind of training that Keanu Reeves has for the last, whew, cl- closing down 30 years. So, um, but the action is tight um, and really brilliantly shot because, again, this guy can't actually do this kind of stuff. <laughs> So, and uh, the kills are pretty clever, like in a John Wick. The minefield scene is excellent. As I say, never have I seen somebody just throw mines at people. Uh, and there's even a little Wonder Woman tribute in that scene. Um, I mean, again, pickaxe kills. Um, and as I say, with a lot of Rambo stuff, a lot of it is, this is more intense than John Wick, you know, going to a doctor to get stapled up and drink whiskey. No, he's gone and light, does a lot of the lighting himself on fire to cauterize runes. There's a scene where, um, they played it a lot funnier in machete kills, but, um, that's how I'm going to say it. Um, well, I'll say it's a hanging sequence and how he survives that is whew, very intense. So honestly, that's probably the most intense stuff is when he's fixing himself from his, uh, injuries. Um, as for the action, as I said, this is kind of what I say about the action is I think this is what, uh, Tarantino would have loved to have in, uh, Inglorious Bastards or really wanted to show us. I guess we kind of get it in Django Unchained. But, you know, the story doesn't really call for it because there's no grand battles in Inglorious Bastards. Uh, when you think about the violence there, you get the barbecue at the end 
but otherwise, you know, you get the, you get some brutal scenes, but nothing just ridiculous, I think, is what I'm saying. Like, when you go to a Django Unchained, you have the, um, the di- Tarantino with the dynamite type stuff, setups like that. Um, so a lot more ridiculous stuff. So a little more Robert Rodriguez, but it's kind of got the structure of a Tarantino movie. And honestly, I see since aside from the scenes that are between Finnish actors, uh, everybody speaks English. Um, so it's kind of like, um, Takashi Miike's, uh, Western Sukiyaki Django, which was an ode to spaghetti Westerns, but he has all his Japanese actors in that one, um, speaking English. And this is a little more smoother being, you know, semi-Westerners speaking it instead of Easterners. Um... So it was really just a Tarantino appearance away from being perfect, I guess. And now I think that's a good way of looking at it, Russ. Thank you. Um, but it's got a chapter standpoint, like a Tarantino movie. Um, the humor could have been... Um, I mean, the humor is more just that, oh, man, he got blown up by a landmine on his face type stuff. Um, not really a... Um, you know, set up the joke type stuff. And, um, I guess, you know, detractor is, it's really, well, no, not really a detractor. It is pretty much the leader of the death squad versus the, uh, protagonist. I just don't want to mispronounce the word they call him or his name. Um, well, you know what? I better go with it. That's what the internet's for. So, uh, I think Colche is what they call him. Uh, the character's name is uh, Tommy, and his protagonist, the antagonist, primary antagonist is Bruno, uh, portrayed by um, an actor, uh, Axel Henny. Uh, you get a supporting role from uh, Jack Doolin, um, who was on The Boys. I'm trying to figure out. No, he's done a lot of. Yeah, um, yeah, he's, I think, an English actor. His IMDb is a little thick. And the third uh, Nazi is played by Jorma's son, um, Ani. He's a pretty innocent character, which you do feel bad for when he meets his demise. Like, I mean, this is... Like, if we would have made Indiana Jones... And the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I do need to rewatch, but I liked when I saw it. Uh, it's fun popcorn, better than any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, but you know, if we would have made it more ridiculous stuff like surviving nuclear bombs in a refrigerator, that's the kind of stuff. And you get moments like that, but that's kind of what this mo- like. If the movie, if we did an indie movie, which is all that basically, you know, the I guess you'd say the market fight scene from Raiders just the entire time. This is kind of what I would think you'd end up with. Probably a little less blood in a Spielberg-directed affair, but I digress. Um, so as I say, the said the direction is very strong because you got to cut around your weaknesses, and a 60-year-old actor is kind of a weakness. 
Uh, no offense to those old people and their old man energy. So that's um. That is that there. Uh, soundtrack is excellent. Very uh, reminiscent of um, the modern spaghetti western. And I'd like to think that after Saving Private Ryan, we have finally gotten to really make good World War II movies. That's probably going to offend a lot of older uh, people. But, you know, um, The Longest Day was... You couldn't get the kind of, I think, I think the movies before Saving Private Ryan really romanticized uh, World War II. But then I stopped and think about it besides like, you know, The Longest Day or adventure movies like, um, well, I know Bridge on the River Kwai is based on a true story, but adventure movies like um, Force 10 from Navarone with Harrison Ford. So really, yes, if we do, we, Harrison Ford, Ford owes us one of these movies. Like, come on, you got a few more years left in you. Um, like it's got to be safer than flying planes. Um. So yeah, um, so direction is great, soundtrack is appropriate, uh, but again, with my World War Two thing, it's just like. Yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, we didn't get to really see how brutal the war is. And then that kind of, I don't know, now we're getting to war fetishism, uh, celebrating how graphic it is. That's, um, you know what? Maybe Spielberg should be cursed for that because we didn't, you know, didn't we get enough depressing stuff from Vietnam? Thank you, Oliver Stone. Um, and Kubrick, of course. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe Saving Private Ryan took our innocence away, and then it creates an entire subculture. Um, so if you love, but this is, you know, I guess this is World War Two meets vintage 80s action now with the 20, 20s gore, and it's a lot of fun. Um, just, you, it's in other words, do not take this one seriously, because I'm sure somehow MAGA is going to basically like it's funny I know at Best Buy they have a DVD or a Blu-ray I should say um, of a recent released Russian movie about killing Nazis and let's just face it that's just propaganda for their Ukrainian efforts and Tucker Carlson, Marjorie Taylor Greene Ron DeSantis uh, Donald Trump you know just like See what they're doing is good type stuff. Um, but, you know, that's um, this the age we live in. I'm surprised I've been able to go on for about 20 minutes on this. Um, would I recommend this movie? Well, as I say, yeah, I would recommend this movie. It's got everything I like. It is, um, again, I don't know if I, now thinking that, you know, we shouldn't really be, well, I mean, take it as fantasy. In Glorious Bastards, it was total fantasy. So if you take it as that, don't worry about, geez, are we really, why do we, you know, really playing up World War II like this? But then again, I think it was the last fantastical war. So darn it, Saddam and, um, you know, the Taliban, get mythical on us. 
You know, we want to go indie on your asses. <laughs> that's, you know, that's the, uh, I guess, the key. Uh, with that said, um, Overlord, another great, gory World War II action movie. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to really look back in the World War II movies, because there was a... Because as a kid growing up in the 80s, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch this stuff with Grandpa. Um, and now it's kind of like, geez, Grandpa went through a lot of stuff. Should I really be watching this? <laughs> so, um, Otherwise, uh, next week, I'm going to start what I, what I uh, said in the title of this episode, the prelude to MCU next Tuesday. Uh, as I said, I was watching um, Hawkeye to pretty much try to catch myself up with my main Avengers before I start diving into the movies. So I'll be watching Black Widow next week, and I'll report on that. And it's kind of nice not having the responsibility of, um, what to say, unnecessarily trying to form a movie marathon for the Six Raisin movie house. Uh, from my uh, Tombstone, well, Sam Elliott episode with uh, Andrew Couchman Bakes TD. Um, like, because if Black Widow's not a great movie to close out, then it's kind of a wasted trip. I wouldn't want to make people do this. Do go to the theater to see a couple questionable ones, one classic, and then, oh, two and a half hours of something that. I don't know if we need less superhero movies. I don't want to see... I just don't like people being assholes saying it's got to... You know, let's just get over it. No, because I think the money says that it's still quite profitable. You cut back on the marketing, Disney will figure it out. They will figure it out. It will keep going. But it's nice to have... Um, you know... I think this movie may have been 25 million euros. So let's say $40 million. You know, I say anything below 50, let's cheer it on. So that's, that's where I stand there. So uh, regardless of what happens next week, there will be MCU next Tuesday. Uh, and I'd again, love to have a guest on the show get a hold of me and we can talk about anything. It's just a matter of how much work you want to put into it. You want to talk about Amadeus? We're going to have to talk about other movies, but we will get there like we did with uh, Tombstone on the Sam Elliott episode. Um, yeah, I think that's where I can um, wrap things up. Uh, thanks again for coming to the show. Um, really appreciate the support. Again, uh, get off the... Um, so if you look at the one with the real 2D, just flat, uh, cat scratching at a ninja movie logo, get off of that feed and come to the brilliantly done, uh, AI cat holding a reel of film screaming at you feed. So not 90 for chill.com, the podcast it's 90 for chill with the podcast with cat bus Russ. That's what you want to listen to. So Spotify is a great service, at least when it comes to podcasting. I still listen to Apple Podcasts myself on that. Uh, rate and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. Be as honest as you want in the review. I will take note. And I, I think I've always gone and tried to improve upon that. So 
Yes, that means I get pushed over around by the Peoria, Peor, eh, the poetic critic from Peoria, a little more, but I'm trying. Um, yep. So follow me on Letterbox if you want to get an idea of what could be coming up on the the podcast. My username there is C M Darth. That's C as in cool, M as in movies, Darth as a Sith Lord, and. I have left to do is well thank my uh, kitty uh, post model Ava the Queen Kitty and but more importantly thank Stacia Hardin uh, for keeping an eye after me the past 19 years I hope she's doing the same for everybody else she touched in her life makes me think eh, if there's some vengeance opportunities for her I'm all for that but I hope she is distracted more by the one-eared angel, Skimble, and is just squeezing the ever-undead hell out of him. He'd appreciate it. Don't worry about Skim. So, with all that said, thanks for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. I hope somebody one, one somebody out there is going to be my guest next week. Um, again, email rustthebus07 at gmail.com or contact me on my social media Twitter at CatBusRuss and Mastodon as Russ at RussStevens at Mastodon.social. Uh, thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill the Podcast and have yourself a wonderful week. Can I hear a wahoo?